Welcome to the Pitching Backwards Lefties Get Loose podcast. Here are your hosts, Griffin and Welly. Hi guys, welcome back to episode 9 of Pitching Backwards. I'm Griffin Fabitz. I'm joined by my co-host Kyle Wellman. Kyle, we started a baseball podcast uh, months ago with the idea that we would be talking about baseball. Now there are baseball games to talk about. And the season is here. Finally. It's a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It I- is a wonderful thing. It was a good weekend. Today is Monday, July 27th. We had opening day on the 23rd, then everybody else played on the 24th. Um, let's get right into it. Uh, everyone had kind of like a series, three, four game series. What stands out to you the most about either maybe a team that stands out, players that stand out, or this new weird you know, unusual way of, of baseball in 2020? Well, I guess um, we'll start off with stating the obvious is the Los Angeles Dodgers are really, really good. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought that adding Mookie Betts to the outfield could actually... Kind of an underrated move. Yeah, I yeah. know, really. Not a lot like... of people were talking about that. <laughs> and I think we need to remind people because that was kind of a move that was swept under the rug. It was... Right? It was a quiet move. It was a quiet move. Yeah, it didn't make too much of a splash. Agreed. That's a lineup that's really, really fun to watch. And I say that because I saw a great tweet that I wanted to tell you about, but it was, um, it said that I look at the Giants lineup and the Dodgers lineup, and I say, wow, look at this lineup for two very different reasons. Mm-hmm. And, and it was fun to watch, you know, a young Giants team and, you know, led by a young Yastrzemski who's like 30, I think. Yeah, but, um, right. But, but on the other hand, the Dodgers were super impressive, and that was probably my favorite team to watch this weekend, um, mm-hmm. which is super exciting. Yeah, that is, like I said, that's a lineup every night, and I, th- I think they were a little cold the last few nights. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're 2-2. Two and two. They are 2-2. Two and two. Um, But the majority of these 60 games, if we can get through these 60 games, uh, that lineup is going to score a lot a lot, a lot of runs. And just for fun, they'll have Blake Trinan, like their last exactly. man out of the bullpen, yeah. throwing 97 mile per hour. And that bodes well balls. for guys like Jock Peterson, who can kind of, he has a lot of pop, yeah. right? And um, when you have to face Mookie, Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy, a guy like Jock kind of gets lost in the shuffle, and you forget, oh, this guy has pop too. And then he so, takes you 490 down the right field right. line. So this will be... Fun to watch for guys like Jock, guys like Kike, who had a mm. tremendous opening. Really, series. really, he was like a freaking all star. So yeah, Dodgers were a lot of fun. You are big on the White Sox. Yeah, but we're gonna stick in the NL West for you. Who are you big on? You told me this before we started <laughs> I recording. I love my San Diego Padres. I love the Padres for for several reasons. This mini fandom, this mini Padres fandom, started a few years ago. We go to San Diego every year. My family does, and we often, you know catch a Padres game the first of all I love San Diego I love the city of San Diego the atmosphere in Petco Park and I've said this for years to my family I cannot wait until they field a consistent winner because the San Diego deserves a winner that is a beautiful town awesome stadium awesome it's my favorite stadium in in Major League Baseball and the the crowds there the last few years are a riot so I've said for years I can't wait until they field a consistent winner 
because it is just going to be fantastic for San Diego. And yeah, they're three and one as of mm-hmm. Monday, Monday night. Um, I love Tatis. I Manny Machado is one of my favorite players. Of course, they had some um, did a few things in the off season that I think are really really good, and that's uh, they added Jerks and Profar. Mm-hmm. Traded for Trent Grisham, who's pretty young and yep. exciting. Added to that bullpen. They've got you Drew know, Pagan Pomeranz, back there. Emilio Pagan, Kirby Yates. They're going to be fun. And when you expand uh, the playoffs from 10 teams to 16 teams and two teams get in from each division, because to be honest, I mean, the Padres aren't winning that division this year, next year, the next few years. They possibly. are right now. they are leading that but when two teams can get in i like the padres as the second team in that division so i i I, yes kyle i'm huge on my padres interesting so go friars go friars huh that's right yeah you like the new jerseys i love the pinstripes yeah the the brown sweet yeah wasn't too big on the blue that they had the last few years but the brown is just so cool the pinstripes the brown and yellow it's fantastic so I want to kind of bounce over since we're sticking in the NL West here. We saw a Diamondbacks team come out look kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a team that I and I'll say this is I've been big on from the beginning, and and I really, really thought that I didn't obviously think they'll win the division, but yeah, I but certainly they had a really saw good them as like yeah. a second place team that could make a splash. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we come out expecting like this awesome start from like guys like Robbie Ray, yeah. who I've been also very big on. You know, mm-hmm. cleaned up his mechanics. You know, if Aaron Little's listening, one of my best buddies at Hendricks, you know, he's dairy free and that's huge. He <laughs> loves that. Um, but he struggled. And, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, Cattell is going to be a bright spot. Um, a guy that's kind of showed up and, and been a dude for the last couple seasons, but they did not look good against the San Diego Padres. And I don't know if that's because the San Diego Padres are good or if it's because the Diamondbacks aren't. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the other thing, too kind of take it with a grain of salt like it's three or four games after not playing for months but um i do agree that like their what they did to their lineup this past offseason i think they Mm -hmm. did a tremendous job starling Marte, marte cole calhoun's pretty solid um but i don't really believe in their bullpen and i don't really believe i'm not too big on archie bradley I, I'm with you. I really am. Very, very hit or miss. And and I like Archie Bradley. He's I do. a cool Arizona personality, yeah. but great but, social media presence. He's right. a perfect kind of like the face of the team in a way. Well, and you gotta think like, you know, the Diamondbacks have also lost Yoshi, you know, a guy that was really big for them and he and he went to, you know, obviously my Mariners and he's hurt, but but that was a you know, a pretty solid piece of the bullpen. Like not a great arm, but a guy that's gonna get out. And I just question if they have that arm. Mm-hmm. You know, is Bradley really your like lockdown closer? Because you look at the Padres, they have, you know, their Kirby Yates at the back end, but they have they've built around Emilio that. Pagan, yeah. Pomeranz, who might end up starting, might not, who knows? Yeah. But it's 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 definitely gonna be interesting in the NL West, you know. Um especially just because I think there's so much talent. I don't think there's really like a quote crappy team this season besides the Giants yeah in that division you know Rockies will be quiet but I don't think they're a terrible team how about um how about the twins they can hit there's this guy Nelson Nelson Cruz Cruz. (laughs) so you know what I've thought he has done a tremendous job of reshaping his image because five ten years ago I mean, he what he got suspended for steroids, right? Mm-hmm. And was kind of like billed as this cheater, right? A steroid user, right? And 
I I just think he has done a comp- he's just like a I think we all have had I think we had the wrong idea of him. He won what did he win in the offseason? This humanitarian award. Yeah, yeah. Um and I just think he's I I I've come to really really like him. He's so, 40. So here's he what mashes. I'll say. Here's what I'll say. And and I can be a very one-dimensional baseball fan and I know this because I'm just a massive Mariners guy and I get hung up on that. Mm-hmm. I had the joy of watching Nelson play in Seattle the last, you know, X amount of years. Mm-hmm. He was there for a while. And he has that factor where guys just gel around him. Mm-hmm. And great clubhouse guy. Like he yeah. was just a clubhouse dude. Like you yeah. watch like everybody in the world doesn't like Gene Segura and Gene Segura loved Nelson Cruz. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he has this like this presence to him where he's this bigger, larger than life guy mm-hmm. who just happens to hit tanks. Does not miss a beat at 40 either. Had seven RBIs on yeah. Sunday. <laughs> Two home runs yesterday, seven RBIs, four hits, I think. So. That's, I mean, four for five and at, what is he for? He's 40, right? He's 40, yeah. Wow. And that's, so that's a lineup last year that set, they set a home run record, yeah, didn't they? They did. And what they do in the off season is they go out and they get Josh Donaldson. So I think the Twins are, are I mean, I, I'm pretty confident in saying that they're going to win that division. Yeah. But I think if you don't follow the AL Central closely and you go, yeah, I think the Twins are going to win, I think they are slept on. And I think they are kind of underestimated because that's a lineup that will do some damage. Well, you know me, and I'm stubborn, so I'm still just sticking down and completely doubling down, as I put on the tweeter. I am doubling down on the Chicago White Sox. Yeah. I love them. I think Keuchel's a big addition. Dallas Keuchel was great. He, yeah, he threw well. He's back, uh, actually, Woo Pig. He went to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, I'm a big I'm a big White Sox guy this year. And I've been kind of been there from the beginning. So, I'm going to double down on that. Once you When you say the Twins win that division. Really? I'm going to double down, dude. Luis Robert is unfreaking yeah. real. Him, Eloy, yeah. Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson, Yoan Mancata is great. Freaking they have a really, unreal. really solid... And they've got a lot of young guys coming up too. Yeah. And their pitching is uh they got some young arms coming up too. Yeah, they're fun. I love I love Giolito. I'm just kinda got roughed up the other day, you, but yeah. I'm doubling down on him. I to really, win the division? To win the division. I said it from the beginning, and you that did. was kind of my first hot take. Yeah. So I'm gonna stick with that. And and just because I say it, the Royals are probably gonna be better than them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but but I am <laughs> gonna double down on the White Sox. Okay. Um so Let's move over to the AL East since we're kind of just cruising through. Yeah. Red Sox suck. You hate to see it. <laughs> Do you? But, yeah, you really hate to see <laughs> no it. No pitching but, whatsoever. Yeah, but you love it when it happens. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not looking super great. No. I mean, um, I feel like that's a pretty clear-cut division. Yeah. You know, the Rays could contend, but I was watching the Yankees the other day, Griff, and I was laughing because it's like there's not a break. With like, the Yankees? Like... Yeah, where in that lineup? They're very do you well get, built. Like, yeah, like who's their worst hitter? Like Luke Voigt. Mm-hmm. Like that dude would like you know what I mean? That's unfreaking unreal. Yeah. Um, injuries will be. They have struggled for years to stay healthy. That'll be huge for them. Paxton um, might be hurt. And he got roughed up the other day. Didn't Did you he? see his velo? No, it was He's it was down. Ninety to ninety. So how how much of that? Because I mean that happened throughout the league where guys are, you know, a few ticks below where they normally are. How much of that is they're not ready or how much of that is like you know what I mean? Well, in Paxton's 
case, it's a little concerning for me. I'm a big James Paxton guy, I always have been. But um little concerning big because maple? when he throws hard, he's good. Mm-hmm. And when he doesn't, he's bad. And he's coming off a, you know, a, a pretty severe back injury. Um, I actually listened to a podcast where he talked about it was like a weird cyst on his back. Mm. And he got it surgically removed. But I expected it to come back better. Like he's feeling good. He's whatever. Right. And to see him velo that low and kind of getting roughed around. Well, that's what for some guys it's it's like, okay, are you are you feeling okay? Or are you just not ready? And are you just not all the way built back up to throw 90 pitches? Which every... certainly could be the case. Yeah. No, but for sure. I think that's expected. Speaking from like a baseball perspective, yeah. like I could, you know, take a couple of weeks off, you know, or, you know, a couple of months off of throwing and come back and I won't be, you know, I won't be touching 83. And you can throw but... your, your side bullpens that you, you know, that they did during their downtime, but you cannot replicate when there's another game team. action. Yeah. Game action. And that that's something intensity. we saw. Um, I talked with one of my good buddies about was in the Mariners Astro series, the pitchers were just gassed. I mean, these mm-hmm. dudes are looking like they're literally just got done with like the hardest workout of their life. And yeah. I, I understand that you're pitching against big leaguers. You can't replicate that in an inner squad. Yeah. That's something that you just can't do. I Trevor Bauer threw the other day against the Tigers. And I don't know if he touched, if he reached a hundred pitches but he was close within the 90 to mm-hmm. 100 range. And other than that, though, I don't know how many other guys threw that many pitches. And Trevor Bauer is very durable, and he will throw 115 pitches every five days. So he's kind of, you know, an anomaly in this case. But it seems like these first start, two starts, three starts, you're around 80 to 85 pitches to, to build it back up. Some of them were low. I mean, I watched right. Granky was like... Somewhere around seventy, yeah. and he—I mean—he did show up to camp late. Hinjin Ryu uh, made his Blue Jays debut. He threw, I think, like four and a third, and he kind of got roughed up a little bit. But I think there was obviously um, pitch count restrictions sure. in the equation, which is to be expected. Which is just interesting, though, because like you don't have time to waste. Yeah, a sixty-game season, dude. Like you don't have like a oh, it was just a bad first start, like. That's you know. So we were laughing about that the other day because we were watching the Tigers and um, they took uh, two out of three in Cincinnati, which was pretty thrilling <laughs> to win two out of three games <laughs> against the Reds. But I mean, like, what if a team goes thirteen and seven? A team like, like a team like the Tigers, who is, and I'm not expecting them to compete at all this year. But a team who's not really expected to compete, and they go like thirteen and seven. You're almost halfway through the season, and you're in the thick of it. Yeah, well, I mean that's something that changes we've everything. Up, you know, that's something we've brought up a couple of times since mm-hmm. we started looking at these things. Is you do not have a single game to waste yeah. if you are a fringe team. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're the Yankees, if you're the Dodgers, you're kind of banking on winning games late simply because you're better than other teams. So then, how frustrating is that? The other day, when a, a fringe team like the New York Mets are about to go two and zero, which is a, a nice little boost, and then Edwin gives up that. Was it a game tying home run? Go yeah. ahead, home run. With two, in, in the two ninth, outs with in the ninth. Two outs. Two strikes. I think two strikes to Marcelo Zuna. Yeah, stuff I, like that is is going to come into play here. You know, when there's I, <laughs> we were so close to stealing this win, and we we maybe needed that win. Yeah, and that's and obviously that's kind of been the the mo for mm-hmm. a guy like Diaz. You know, the last two years is he struggled out of the pen and in the you know in an end roll, and that's tough for me to watch because Edwin Diaz is quite literally one of my favorite players ever. 
and I love him and I think like he'll keep working his ass off and get yeah. to where he needs to be but like you do not have room for a guy to come in and blow a save mm-hmm. that you know point blank you know no other excuses is you need a lockdown closer goes back to Archie Bradley yeah you know goes back to you know teams that just don't have the back end yeah. and then you've got the Astros bringing out everybody that you've never heard of who still throws 112 right. miles an hour with run and you think that a team like that is more poised to do more damage later in the season. Yeah. Um, I think we, I mean, we kind of have to touch on this. Pretty interesting stuff coming out today, jeopardizing the this 2020 season. Mm-hmm. And, and that is that several, I mean, more than several Marlins have tested positive. I coaches, think we're at 14, players. right? Yeah, which John Heyman tweeted this. That is 40% of what did he say, the roster, their traveling roster, which includes players and coaches. So, and, and this was something I remember we talked about a few weeks ago. At what point do you go, okay, this is not safe? And if you saw David's David Price's mm-hmm. tweet this morning. Very pointed. Yeah. He said, this is why I'm not playing. I don't feel safe, and it's kind of clear that player safety is not being prioritized. So I think it was an interesting move by him because that kind of throw it definitely threw it in Manfred's face. Yeah. Like he I think it, he actually said like we're about to find out. Exactly. Is it really about the player's self? Is it yep. really about bringing baseball to the country and you know whatever? Because it's hard for me to sit here and say that or is it revenue? Right. Yeah. It's hard for me to sit here and say that I think it's completely reasonable that 14 Marlins can test positive for COVID and that we're just going to take a day off and clean the stadium. Yeah. It makes me worried. I mean, that's these wildly guys irresponsible. Yeah. And, and hopefully, and and knock on wood, but hopefully it's just a weird, not weird, but like an outbreak, mm-hmm. something that they can get contained, you know, figure it out. And hopefully it doesn't cause any issues, but the collateral damage of this is yeah. not, it's not like you're just have your 14 guys. Now you have your clubhouse staff. Now you have the opposing team. Now you that have you the opposing with. team that's moving into their dugout. Yep. Or into you know into their clubhouse. Yeah, I don't care how many times you sanitize, you know, a room I'm sitting in. If you told me that 14 dudes had COVID in it, you know, the day before, I'm gonna be a little skeptical. Yeah. So they postponed today's um, Phillies, Phillies, Yankees, and Orioles, Marlins. Yep. I would imagine those get postponed tomorrow. After that, I mean, these next few days will determine if there's Pivot. baseball the rest of the summer or not. Yeah, and we're gonna knock on wood. You know, pray to Mary that 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 there is still baseball. But I I have no issue saying that like if it's for the safety of the players, yeah. Let's you know let's yeah. shut it down, call it what it is. Well, uh, Nationals manager Dave Martinez has a heart condition. That's yeah. well documented. He said something today where he said, um, "Let's just hope they do the right thing." And I think that tells you you know more than you need to know that some players, coaches staffs are now starting to see i don't know if i feel comfortable doing this so uh, crazy I guess all we can do is just kind of think about like their safety yeah and just think about like you know i'm lucky enough like that i have some people that i know who are actually like you know guys i've interacted with that are in the big leagues i know you're the same way mm-hmm. you know with your reporting and stuff that you th- when you stop thinking them as as pawns and you stop thinking you know you worry about them you know i i've you know have a little relationship with a guy that's in the you know bullpen for the Mariners. He's on the taxi squad. Art Warren. Mm-hmm. I think about like when I think of him as like the guy who shook my hand and took the picture with me and like messaged with me on Instagram. You know, pretty consistently. 
like I don't want him to get COVID and be sick. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, but when I, th- you know, but then you think about the guy who's going to help oh, bring a championship to your team. Like that lens is very important. Yeah. Is that these are people that's, you know, yeah. we've talked about that a lot. And as we've mentioned last week, someone like Mike Trout, who's expecting a baby, a kid. Yeah. Who, or, you know, going, seeing, going home to their families every night and stuff like that. So, I mean, we kind of had to touch on that. Um, very pivotal next few days, but, I mean, for now, there's you know, there's still for now, baseball. there's still baseball. Um, so I'm gonna flip, I'm gonna flip it a little bit. Yep. And we're both gonna get angry again, <laughs> okay. but in a good way. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the extra innings rule. Um. So I watched the A's in the Angels mm-hmm. Saturday night when Matt Olson hit a. Um, See when he hit a walk-off grand slam? Absolute donkey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that was kind of cool because in the top of that inning, I think it was like the top of the 10th. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, it, well, in the Matt Olson wins it in the bottom of the 10th, but in the top of the 10th, the uh, Angels start with the runner on second. And it was cool to see because there's a sharp ground ball hit to Matt Olson, and he fires it over to Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman, you know, scoops it and then runs down Otani who was the runner at second. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty fun to see. It, it was just different. It was fun to see how you start an inning with with a runner on second, nobody on, and now you have to think about as a runner, if there's a ball hit to the right side of the infield, it's not an automatic that I'm advancing. You know, there could be they're trying to gun me down, you know, if it's hit hard enough. And that's exactly what Matt Olson did. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. That kind of adds a new element to this. So do you like it? Um, I don't know. I mean, if it prevents like those 16, 17 inning games, which it will, <laughs> then yes, I think I like it. It's, it's action-packed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Dude, I'm just not with you on that one. I'm kind of a traditionalist in in my baseball fandom. I sense that you are as well. I I just don't like it at all. It's I don't know. It's just weird. It feels forced in a way of like okay, you're tied. Let's speed things up. Come on. Let's get going. Now, I want to I want to preface my opinion by saying that I do recognize that this is for the health and safety of players. Same kind of thing. We don't want a 17 inning game when we're trying to avoid people being around each other. Right. Hey, let's double the baseball yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. So, so on that level, I understand it, but I just don't like it. I don't like. Th- I don't like the thought of a reliever having to come in with a runner on second for no damn reason. Yeah, that's frustrating to me, especially because like there's going to be innings that we will see very soon, the whole season, where a reliever pitches lights out and a bloop single ruins yeah. the game. Yeah, a broken bat single. A you know an error, um, a swinging bunt ruins their game. The game, a game where they were lights out otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I think the um, it's gonna another element that this adds is kind of bringing back the bunt, maybe some small ball. I know Mike Matheny did that the other day. Royals and Indians are tied yeah. at like four in the tenth, and I someone bunts him over, mm-hmm. and you have a runner on third with, with one out. one out, mm-hmm. And it was a sack fly that scored a run. Yep. And then they held him in the bottom of the 10th, and you win 5-4. to four. So it feels like in the last few years, we've kind of strayed away from small ball and bunting. But this, you know, kind no, of brings that back. The right thing to do is to yeah. bunt. 
and then you trust the the next guy. Can I get this ball out of the infield? But it sucks, Griffin. Bunting is boring. <laughs> I don't want to see somebody freaking pinch hit for Nelson Cruz to drop down a little, dribble down the line. So I think in that case, that wouldn't Nelson happen. Nelson Cruz yeah, hits, yeah. obviously. Yeah. I'm joking. But like, okay. I hate the runner on second. So I want to see a team win a baseball game because they won it, not because, you know, a blue single blew it. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy like Josh Hader is going to have broken bat freaking singles hit left and right off of him, and guys are going to score from second because it's going to be... I guess I don't mind the bunting him over to third, and you have one out, because that's just that's just good baseball. That's it's good sound, baseball, but, smart but, baseball. So I'm not against the actual concept of like bunting over somebody. Yeah. It's more the idea of like starting with the runner in second. And that's how the game finishes? Yes. Yeah. Like, like if you say a guy hits a leadoff double and you bunt him over to third, and you know that's your winning run or your go-ahead run. Oh, okay. Like, I'm all about that. Okay. So it's I, I joke about, like, bunting sucks because yeah. I'm a left-handed pitcher who never hit, I think I had three varsity at-bats in <laughs> high school. Okay. Rolled over to second base and beat it out once. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, I just I just conceptually cannot get behind a runner on second. To start the inning. And it's not fair, because especially, think of a guy, think of relievers as these rosters are expanded. Young relievers kind of vying for a spot who have to come in in the top of the 10th, bottom of the 10th, whatever, kind of already in a jam that they didn't, like, they're they just walking. It. Yeah, they and inherit it. And didn't inherit jam. it from a teammate, so right. it's not like you're the, the savior and the really cool guy yeah. who that's a won tough, the game. That's a tough spot to get out of. It's pretty much impossible. Uh-huh. All you have to do is ground out once and hit the ball the anywhere. The ball leaves the infield, and, and there's a run scored. Right. Mm-hmm. And whether that be a freaking... Eloy Jimenez single that goes 118 or that be, you know, a Chad Pennington poke over second base. <laughs> right. So, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, I'm not a fan. Yeah. It's I am I'm more against the three batter minimum for rule for relievers than mm-hmm. I am against the runner on second. I just, I'm just not a fan of that. You know how I feel about that, Griff? Huh. You're talking to a Division Three lefty on lefty specialist. <laughs> I don't want to see a three exactly. batter minimum. If there was a three batter minimum, I'd be out of a non-existent scholarship, <laughs> so so I'm 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 not for it either. So when I covered the Royals in spring training for school, I think we've kind of talked a little bit about some of that on this. Um, I did a story about talking to Royals relievers about that. Like, do you change? What changes, if anything, changes about that mindset of okay, now I have to get three guys out? And I talked to Ian Kennedy who. I love Ian Kennedy. Awesome guy. I've met him before. Yeah, one of the coolest guys in that clubhouse. He was so funny. Um, But his whole thing, and if I remember correctly, it was that, yeah, it's just going to take some, uh, you know, getting used to the fact that you can't have your best stuff for just one guy anymore. You know, you have to have your best stuff for a string of guys. At least, you know, at least three. Yeah. If you start a clean. And as much as... Some guys would say, no, you know, that doesn't affect us at all. I don't know if that's true. I don't think that's true at all. Well, I mean, I, th- I think it is especially true for lefties. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, that's really, that truly is. Like, that's been a part of the game for a long yeah, time. Yeah, and you it's, can make some good money if you're a lefty who exactly. can get a guy out in the seventh inning. So now we're going to be seeing a shift into guys that are more like the prime Andrew Miller. So that is what he told Ian Kennedy said. You're going to see... Um, Guys who have always gotten three, four, five guys out, relievers, those guys will will do well for themselves on the free agent market because now it's going to be teams are going to say, okay, we need someone 
in the back half of the bullpen who can go three, four, five guys. Right? Dellum Batances types. Yeah. You know, I think and of Azures Familia. Yeah. Guys Ian, like that. Ian Kennedy said it's just going to create a whole new market for guys like that. Well, the irony is Ian Kennedy ended up being like yeah, amazing right? at it, yeah. which is cool. And Pretty especially because closer. he's like an awesome guy. Yeah. He was great. He, I was the bat boy for the Padres when I was 12, <laughs> and Ian Kennedy started that game is mm-hmm. when he's with them. And he went through and personally high-fived every single person in the dugout before the game. That's Minor awesome. leaguers, big leaguers, bat boys, everybody. Yeah. Broke every social distancing rule in the book. Right. But right. it was really cool to see uh-huh. that side of him. Like, yeah. everybody warms up to him really, you know, really well. And so he's out here throwing 97 for no damn reason, yeah. which is pretty cool. There was uh, <laughs> I asked him, how did this come up? I said, and I'm not going to name names here, but I said, Okay, because I talked to Ian for this uh, three batter minimum story. I said, okay, I'm going to go talk to this guy. You know, thank you so much. It was great talking with you. He says, you're talking to him? And he points at the guy who will remain nameless <laughs> in the Royals bullpen. And I go, yeah, I'm going to go talk to him. He, he laughs and he goes, oh, good luck, bro. He's like, he's such a dud. He's going to give you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, thank you, man. But uh, I'll go see what I can do. Go give him the old college try. He was a dud and he gave me nothing. Really? Yeah. He'll remain nameless, but he was a dud. And he gave me nothing. <laughs> That's an so awesome story. I, and it was so funny because Ian literally pointed and he said, him? And he said, oh, dude, he's a dud. He'll give you absolutely nothing. Like he already knew. Yeah. And he was just laughed and he was like, see you, man. And I was like, <laughs> I kind of respect that. That's, That's hysterical awesome. that yeah. he's just willing to like drop that on you. Yeah. I loved it. That's funny. And he was, I mean, I appreciated the warning. And sure. It was very on brand. It was very true. Hey, guys, it's Welly here. We'll hope you're enjoying the show. If you're interested in engaging more with us, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at PitchingBCKWRDS. But for now, let's get back to talking shop. So now I think we've talked about teams we like, teams that have impressed us. I think we can move into, let's talk about individual performances this last weekend of guys where you kind of go, "Mm." for me, that was Shane Bieber. That dude is an ace. He is an ace. 14 One of my strikeouts. best friends, Griff, one of my best friends at Hendricks. Um, is Shane Bieber. Yes. No, he's <laughs> a great guy. <laughs> no, uh, he is a huge Shane Bieber guy, and he actually like belie- like fully believes in Bieber for Scion. I got Bieber fever, dude. He is... Are you a believer? I'm a believer. <laughs> yes, he is an ace. He is an ace. And not to mention, the Indians look uh, pretty darn smart dumping the contract and getting Kluber off their hands not like it was an ugly breakup or anything but clearly had some health issues and I feel like they kind of moved on from him at uh, a pretty appropriate time which is you know it's it's not a thing to celebrate because Kluber went down with an injury and it's believed he'll be out for a few weeks Mm -hmm. but from uh from a baseball perspective I mean I think the Indians saw the writing on the wall that this guy has some health issues he's getting older yeah, and now I feel like we're in a Shane Bieber era, and he's incredible. He's, I, I, um, something I watch is All Star Game success slash failure, and the how that how they respond to that. So, so do they end up being really good? Do they end up busting? Mm-hmm. Is it just a flash in the pan? You know that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I look think back to like I remember Brandon Morrow. Yeah, like, dude, he got smoked in his All Star game. He was never the same, mm. and 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 I know it's just like one game or whatever. But like Shane Bieber shows up, yeah, shows out in front of the hometown crowd. That was, I feel like, to the, um, 
baseball, like the national baseball community? Because, I mean, if you're Indians fans, you're, you're watching this guy all year. But that was kind of Shane Bieber's coming out party to sure. the baseball it's, world. I mean, I'm guilty as charged. That yeah. was me. I yeah. didn't really. I mean, I knew, obviously you know about him. Right. You know that he freaking throws 96 with run. Yeah. But he came out and showed up. And, and, and in front of the hometown crowd, it was just a story. Very poetic. Which was really cool. So um, I'm very big on him. 14 strikeouts. He recorded, I believe he recorded 18 outs. Is that is that good? <laughs> it is good, yeah, yeah. It is great. Well, not to mention, you know, on the Indians team is that you've got some pretty cool personalities. Yeah, Clev, Guys for Frankie. him to kind of grow around. You yeah. Know, obviously, like, everybody loves Mike Clevenger. Like, yeah. if you can find a soul that doesn't like Mike Clevenger, like, I'll be surprised. Mm-hmm. Because he's just a cool dude. I, I hate the Indians, always have. <laughs> but I love Mike Clevenger. Mm-hmm. And, you know... You've got you've got some cool you know some cool people you know you got Zach Plesac yeah he's another arm. really young guy too you know um, obviously Cookie Carlos mm-hmm. Carrasco coming back off Threw of like well. a really crazy you know he had cancer and mm-hmm. and and the team really seemed to bond over that which is really cool mm-hmm. obviously an awesome story to tell but I think there's a lot to like in Shane Bieber a guy yeah. that they can kind of build around who was someone from these last three four games or I should say these first three four games that you kind of go oh okay. I'm a believer. Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis. I I'm sorry. I no. know that that like you probably thought I was gonna go there, but dude, I was sitting in my you know in my room watching the you know watching the game, the first game with Griffey, mm-hmm. my dog, my best friend, mm-hmm. and Kyle Lewis absolutely smokes a ball off of Justin Verlander. If you haven't seen it, seen it, look it up. I'm talking like did it go o- over the track to the tracks? Yeah, it hit like off the like actual yeah. physical in track. Houston. Yeah, it was like. 111 off the bat, you know, 412 feet, you know, not one of those weak Alex Bregman home runs. <laughs> and then, um, you know, the, what the Crawford boxes is yeah. that what they're called. And he hit it. And I just knew, like mm-hmm. I, I, ju- I yelled and I'm at, you know, I'm home alone. I'm screaming, like <laughs> making a scene. Griffey's going crazy. He has yeah. no idea. He's a dog. Yeah. And, but anyways, he didn't just like do that. He has been like consistently yeah. awesome. Like I think you know it's Monday again. He had a, he went like two for four tonight. He yeah. had a really solid finish to 2019, didn't he? He has. Um, he took Bauer deep. He hit like seven, seven. I want to say seven home runs in like 12 games. Yeah, maybe more, maybe eight. Like it, it was just ridiculous. It was cool. I saw. Um, obviously, we were going back and forth about that, but I saw John Heyman tweet something along the lines of Kyle Lewis is going to be a star. Mm-hmm. And it's like cool. He's starting to get the recognition that he deserves, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty big on him too. I like him a lot. He's As a fun. fan of a rebuilding team, like you know, being a Mariners fan, it's also really cool because now I'm starting to see like the actual John Heyman who likes to say, "What is the plan?" Yeah, the plan is Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis is a damn All Star, mm-hmm. my Rookie of the Year winner, and mm. yeah, early contender. I think. I mean, clearly. I think he's already showing it, yeah. but but I'm a big Kyle Lewis guy. Um, definitely think that it's going to make this season a lot easier to watch as a fan, a Mariners fan. Is it too much to think that Nelly Cruz, a 40-year-old Nelly Cruz, could be in the MVP race by the end of September? Yeah. It's too much? I think so. I mean, obviously he's not going to hit seven RBIs a night, but... It's it's kind of hard. I, I Maybe I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong, but it's it's, it's kind of tough because he's kind of a one-dimensional player. Mm-hmm. He's just a home run guy, and like that's really fun to watch. But 
like Acuna, Trouty, you know. What did he hit last year? He hit like 30 home runs and because I think is that is that considered a hot take? Nelly Cruz could be in the top five of MVP voting. Top top three might be a little bit of a reach. I don't I maybe. I mean if he hits some uncontrollable amount of home runs, like I guess I could see him there because this I think this um season being shortened kind of makes it like you can just be a really good hitter and, you know, stand out. It's tough because he's DH. Like I don't think DH is, you know, he'd play a little bit of outfield or first base or whatever. But so like, last year, twenty nineteen, hit three eleven, forty one home runs, and hundred and eight RBIs. Where did he finish in MVP voting? That's ninth. Ninth last year. Wow, I didn't realize he was that high. I thought he was. I, I think a top five high. finish. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Really? Yeah, I really would Okay, be so you heard it here first. Griffin Favitz <laughs> says Nelson Cruz is going into the Hall of Fame. Um, I'm so nervous to have something like this attached to my name. I feel like we should tweet like the freezing cold takes. You ever see that yeah. Twitter account? This Griffin, is like this is like a conversation perfect for that Twitter account. Griffin, I, when point, Nelson Cruz doesn't record another hit for the rest of the year. I think you're talking to the guy who thinks Kyle Seeger is like the goat. So I don't think you're going to okay. have any, like, you know, I also said Andrelton Simmons is a Hall of Famer. Okay. So, like, let's not, you know, don't okay. feel like you have some terrible takes because I throw some pretty wild stuff okay. out there. I feel a little um, bit better. So let's flip it here. Mm-hmm. Who are you not impressed by this this opening weekend? I'm um, not impressed by, we talk about the, talk about the Diamondbacks. That was kind of a dud. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about a specific player. Oh, a specific player? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to harp on someone too much because they had 12 bad at-bats or something along the lines. Um, you know what? I'm going to flip it, and I'm just going to say I'm so happy for Giancarlo Stanton Dude, because he had yeah. such a good first series, and he, he needed that so badly. And I like him. New York's got to be a hell of a spot, a city to play in every night. In front of those fans. There's something in the water in New York because those <laughs> boys are looking bigger than normal. Oh, my Lord. They're thinning up and they're getting stronger. But what about you? Who's someone that you were kind of um, disappointed by? So I, I shouldn't say disappointed. I'll say worried. Mm-hmm. Otani. He didn't even, what, 30 pitches and no outs yesterday. Zero. Zilch, not a outs. His fastball velo was like. And so, again, we go back to what we talked about, what, a half hour ago. How concerned are the Angels of, well, that's his first start of the year, and or is it? I think you're pretty concerned. Okay. So, so let me let me throw this your way. Um, Otani and Paxton, those are the two names we brought up that have struggled with their velocity. They're both coming off pretty significant injuries. Yes. If Garrett Cole comes back, pitches lights out, his velo's 94, 95, you know, and he gives you five solid innings, on a pitch count. Looks good, sharp stuff, you know, normal. I don't think you're that concerned because then you can use the it's his first outing, his velo wasn't quite there, but he got outs. Otani didn't look good. And I feel for him on that level and I'm concerned mm-hmm. because I love Otani. I love what he brings to the game. Mm-hmm. Ninety two doesn't cut it. Yeah. That's the nature of Especially it. Especially in this day and age of baseball. In this economy. In this um, economy. Uh, 
you know, Otani throwing 92 is just not right. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm worried. I really, really am worried. Um, I hope that he's okay. Yeah. I hope that he proves me wrong. But that's a little worrisome that he's coming, you know, fresh off TJ. And he's lost not two or three or like a tick. He's down like eight miles an hour, yeah. dude. Baseball fans, Angel fans, we deserve to see a fully healthy Otani throwing triple-digit heat and hitting like 30 home runs a year. And we won't sleep until we see it. And we won't stop until we get it. Yes. One more thing I think I want to finish on on a lighthearted note. The coolest thing I saw this week, Michael Lorenzen's cleats. Did you see those? Oh, my gosh. The The coolest, the Vans, the high-top Vans with the spikes on the bottom. That is the coolest thing, and I think... I saw a tweet that said, you can take the boy out of California, but you, you can't, can't take, take the California out of the boy. That is the coolest thing I've seen. Those were freaking sweet. I love dude. that. I love players showing a little bit of personality. It's also like kind of a like bold. It is. It's just in sneakers throwing. And he was, I mean, he kind of coughed up a lead to the Yeah, to the and he got the loss stuff. for that game. Uh-huh. But, but. Um, but to throw 100 miles an hour in vans is pretty, pretty freaking awesome. It's... I lo- yeah, Can I thought you, that was sick. And and you said it best, not just like like a hundred, dude. Yeah. Like I let's be let's be real. Let's let's back up here. We're two left-handed pitchers. <laughs> you had an alert. Our fastballs combined, I don't know if they would hit one hundred. Right. Right. I ain't showing up to no you know division three baseball game wearing vans with spikes on them, mm-hmm. or else I'm just gonna be that guy. Yeah. You're probably not gonna wear them. You know, unless you throw a hundred, yeah, like that's and so, if you throw a hundred, you can by wear vans, golly, yeah. wear your vans with yeah. spikes on them. Same thing. Max Scherzer says, "Don't grunt unless you throw ninety-five. You throw you ninety-five, you can do pretty much whatever you want." I want to see someone with Burks <laughs> throwing ninety-five. First time I 97. see somebody touch ninety-five in Chacos, yeah, I'll be I'm impressed. Backing up, yeah. Then, then we'll be impressed. So, Michael Lorenzen, if you're listening. Switch it up to Chacos and or Birkenstocks. Yeah. Impress the two lefties, and we will be your friends for life. Perfect. I think that's a good spot to end on. Baseball's back. Don't read the fine print. Hopefully baseball stays, and there's baseball throughout the rest of the summer. But baseball's back. We're talking about it again. We're watching it. We're watching it. We are watching Vans and Spikes. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to Pitching Backwards, Lefties Get Loosed, a podcast about all things baseball. Give us a follow on Twitter at PitchingBCKWRDS, and join us in loving America's pastime.